Psalm 96, like so many psalms, is a, uh, a double header kind of thing. It tells us what to do, then it tells us why. It tells us what to do, then it tells us why. So here's what we're to do according to Psalm 96. I love the Psalms. They're in the middle of the Bible, and they, I believe, apply to both Testaments. The largest book of the Bible, David, the writer of most of them, should have been stoned to death for his sins, but he tasted the new covenant in finding forgiveness from the Lord. And through his ministry, we are blessed. Psalm 96.1, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Can we say new? Did you know that your favorite hymn used to be a new song? What's the difference in hymns and new songs? Well, the hymns are songs that were new a long time ago. Sing to the Lord a new song. I know that's a simplistic view, but it, it alludes to something that I want to say. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Can we say everybody? Everywhere. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. The word there, bless in Hebrew, is a word, barak. You've heard the word barak. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. There's the everyday thing there. The Hebrew word for salvation is the word Yeshua. Do you believe that? David was a prophet. Proclaim the gospel, the good news of Yeshua every day. This was before the fact. We live after the fact. But his salvation, Jesus, is good news every day. And we're to proclaim it. And we do proclamation with our voice. Preaching is proclamation. But singing can also be proclamation. Amazing grace. That's a proclamation. Declare his glory among the nations. That's the Goya or the Gentiles. His wonders among all peoples. That's Jew and Gentile. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Now, we who speak English, and I'm no Hebrew scholar, but I can use dictionaries. We who speak English are looking at an English translation like we're watching a black and white TV set. When you, when you look up Hebrew words, it, it's like turning the color on. The word halal there is one of seven Hebrew words for praise. And halal means to be clamorous, noisy. It even alludes to foolish behavior. It's expressiveness. It's like your favorite team won the Super Bowl. How do you act? That's, that's halal. You're, you're celebrating. The Lord is great, and he is greatly to be halaled. He is to be feared, highly respected, stand in awe of, above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So anything we revere as much or more than or instead of God is an idol. God, true God, made everything. And our stuff is stuff we've made or some human made. Whether it's, whether it's our favorite book or our favorite 
magazine or our favorite person or our favorite car or truck. That stuff's made, but God is the, is the original source. He's the uncreated creator. He has always been and always will be. The gods of the peoples are idols, for the Lord made, but the Lord made the heavens. Verse 6, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his majesty. So as I began, it tells us what to do and then tells us why. So we're to sing to the Lord a new song. We're to sing to the Lord all the earth. We're to sing to the Lord and bless his name. We're to proclaim the good news of his salvation every day. We're to declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all peoples. And here's why. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So you see the pattern. Here's what you do. Here's why. So now we're back to, back to um, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Verse 7, now we're back to what we should do. Give to the Lord, O families of the people. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. The word there for give, the three times it's used, is the word yahab. It means to ascribe, to, to recognize, to um, esteem. Put God in his rightful place in your life, in other words. Measure him appropriately, everybody. Take into account his his glory. The Hebrew word glory, kabod, means weight, his weightiness. Who remembers the hippie days? All right. When a hippie heard something profound, he would say, far out. Or he would say, dude, that's heavy. God is heavy. His ways are past finding out. His thoughts are above our thoughts. His word does not return void. Give to the Lord the glory due his name, verse 8. Bring an offering and come into his courts. The word there for offering is a gift, a donation, a sacrifice, an offering. A tithe could be an offering. And come to his courts. It's like we're putting our possessions where our mouth is. We're putting our money where our song is. Why do you always got to talk about money? Well, I don't always talk about money. Probably don't talk about it enough. But the Old Testament, giving to the Lord wasn't just sacrifices. It involved money as well. And also in the New Testament. Jesus being the sacrifice, the ultimate gift, that no longer being necessary. But we give our songs, our praise, and we put uh, content with our worship. So when we sing amazing grace, it's not just words. We are amazed by his grace, and we honor him with our giving. Now, if you want to give somebody a backstrap off a deer, that's, that's, that's a sacrificial gift, right? I knew a preacher in East Texas tried to say that was a tithe off a deer. Couldn't get anybody to agree with them. False doctrine. Give to the Lord the glory due his name, verse 8. Bring an offering and come into his courts. The word there, bring, means to lift. I'm referring back to my old school days, but the old timers would say, all right, it's time to lift the tithe and offering. 
It's like, okay, you're going to lift our wallets like, a, like we're being stuck up, right? But in reality, it's biblical terminology. It's lift, lift as in honor and praise, lift your offerings to the Lord. With all of our technology now, we're able to support the Lord's work with our giving and not have to do the traditional bas- passing of the basket or bringing your offering to church. You can do it anytime, 24-7. It's awesome. You can set up for recurring gifts. But my concern is we lose the grasp of worshiping with our giving. That could just become a duty, just another bill, just another thing. And you miss out on the joy of worship. Have you ever been given a gift by somebody that just did it because it was Christmas time? Compare that gift to somebody that gave you something because they love you and want to bless you. You see? You ever give a gift to somebody and, and there's not much thanks coming back? That's a believer who doesn't really worship the Lord. God blesses us because he is love. And love must complete itself. Don't leave him hanging. He first loved us, and we love him back. We recognize the beautiful redemption that is ours in him. All right, enough rabbit trails. Back to the text. Verse 9, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The word worship is to prostrate yourself there. Go low, because he is high. Tremble before the Lord, all the earth. That's the word hul. It could mean dance, could mean twist, could mean whirl. Can you say move? Tremble before the Lord, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established, it shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. So here's what we're to do. We're to give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering, come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, and here's why we worship. The Lord reigns. The earth also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. So he's worthy of worship because of who he is. Now here's back to the doing. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. The word there, glad, is the word ghoul. It means to spin around under the influence of a strong emotion. What is the universe doing? Orbiting, spinning. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Verse 12, let the field be joyful. means to jump for joy or to rejoice and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the field will rejoice before the Lord. So that's the what? Here's, Here's the why. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth or govern the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. So creation is to worship, because the Lord's coming to govern. 
He's governing now, but the increase of his government shall not end. He's governing now, but he's coming to govern. His kingdom is now, and yet his kingdom is coming. There's coming an increase. There's coming a shift. And we don't wait till the battle's over. We shout now. We worship him now for the sake of the present and the future. Isn't that a great answer to the question, why? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that the truths contained in this psalm would be applied to our life. Lord, as we shift to focus on this passage from a little different angle, I pray, Lord, we would see where we are in this. Help every individual in this room to return to the heart of what it is to worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to Wonderful Worship. It's our latest series that we're doing just for a few weeks on the subject of worship. When I say wonderful worship, I'm not talking about grading worship services. Because worship is more than a service. It's more than a song. It's the attitude and expression of our heart in honoring Almighty God. Can I get an amen? So what is wonderful worship? It's the worship of the one whose name is wonderful. So we could, we could call it worship wonderful. This is our third attempt to address this subject. We're going to talk about wonderful worship and giving. Why is our wonderful Lord worthy of worship? We're going to talk about the why and the what and the where and the when and the who of the giving of our worship. Why is he worthy of our worship? His salvation. What is he doing day by day? Yeshua is the name of his salvation. It's who he is. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Verse 2, sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Our proclamation is to be daily, but the saving that's happening as a result of the finished work of Christ on the cross is daily. Right? I am saved spiritually. My spirit has been reborn. I shall be saved. My body's going to be replaced, right? And I am being saved. My mind is being renewed. The salvation is working in me to will and to do his good pleasure. Daily thing. So every time I sing Amazing Grace, there can be a new level of adoration of him because of what I've been tasting in my life. Maybe I was in the mully grubs and he brought revelation from the scriptures that lifted me up. Amen. Maybe there was a problem and he brought a solution. Salvation is at work on our behalf. His wonders. What has he done globally? What is he doing in the earth? Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. So this is an international thing. The world is shaken like crazy, is it not? And Hebrews says that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken shall remain. So if your faith is getting shook up, what's happening? God's shaking it so that that which remains is the real deal. That, that when you sing on Christ's solid rock I stand, it's more than just a song, it's reality in your life. He's shaking the nations so they can see the futility of life without him. Open their hearts to the gospel. 
His greatness is another reason why. Who was he? Who is he? And who shall he be? For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. So the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. That's right now. He is to be feared above all gods. That's right now. For all the gods of the people are idols. That's right now. But the Lord made the heavens. That's in the past. Established work. So we worship him for who he was and what he has done and who he is and what he is doing. Why is our wonderful Lord worthy of worship? It relates to what he is and what he shall be. His governorship. We just looked at this at the end of the passage. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the nations righteously. We say righteous. The word judge implies governorship. And the one thing the world needs and always seems to fail at it is righteous government. Even in our most righteous times in our history, there was great injustice going on. Why? Because the Lord wasn't fully reigning. But we've got a day coming when the full reign of Almighty God will be exhibited in the earth and He will judge righteously. He shall judge the world with righteousness. He is coming. The the passage ends in verse 13. He is coming. He is coming to judge or govern the earth, to execute judgment. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. And the word there with truth isn't just facts that are correct. It's stability. It's fidelity. It's firmness. It's strength. It's not wishy-washy. The problem with our culture, it's not established on truth. Facts are no longer facts. And so they're playing games with pseudosciences and leading to confusions. Confusion, and it could be, you know, in a number of years, counselors are going to be getting sued for misleading people, for giving in, indulging their insanities. Right? I'd like to identify as a millionaire. I just can't get the bank to agree with me. We're talking about wonderful worship and giving. What does worship have to do with giving? It has everything to do with giving. You're being here today. You're giving of your time to worship the Lord. Psalm 29 opens with, Given to the Lord, O ye mighty. Given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that he is worthy of. Worship him in the beauty of holiness. That's being set apart. Your lives are set apart for his special purpose. Probably a number, if I ask for a show of hands, a number of people would raise their hand that yes, they have a special set of dishes at the house for special occasions. Those dishes have been set aside or sanctified for a special purpose. So it is 
in the kingdom of God, we are set aside for the Lord's purpose, to worship Him and to give honor to Him. That's not just to be you know, an occasional time, but our whole lives are to be set aside, to worship Him in the beauty of being separate for the Lord, holiness. So we talked about why we give the Lord our worship. What can we give our Lord in worship? We can give Him our time. This can be daily, hourly, weekly. It should be. Seasonally. Oh, Christmas and Easter, I got that down. No, I, I didn't mean that when I wrote there. Seasonally, I mean, you know, take aside, take aside a few days or a few hours just to be with your Bible and the Lord. Your guitar in Jesus. You know, just, just some time aside. Go to a conference. Be, uh, feed yourself spiritually or, be, or sit under good teaching for the Lord is worthy of our time. We're doing that here today, giving him our time. This is giving. We give him our voices. We did that today, singing and shouting, proclaiming and declaring, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. We give to our wonderful Lord in worship our strength. It takes energy to stand, doesn't it? We bow, we kneel, we dance, we can jump, we can spin around like the word ghoul says. He is worthy. This takes strength, this takes energy. That's, this is why we have bottled water, because we want you to worship the Lord, but we don't want anybody getting dehydrated. We give to the Lord our songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Used to uh, teach children's church years ago, and we would get children to memorize scripture. And uh, Yvette and I would, would do this together. And a particular uh, verse says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, yeah, it was country, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Colossians 3, 15. I think that was... Where is it? Colossians 3, 16. Then we'd sing it again. Spiritual songs. I, I, I kind of relate that to new songs, songs that come out of your spiritual time with the Lord. There's a childlikeness in this. Uh, any grandchildren or grandparents or parents in the house? And maybe when Junior's taking a bath or Sally's in a room by herself and you hear them singing, but they know Jesus, they're just making up stuff, adoring the Lord. Don't ever belittle that. Don't mock that. It's precious. Glean from that. We're to become as little children to enter in the kingdom, right? It's something about we, what we have that often when people fall in love, they break forth into song, right? All the secular music's all about love, pretty much. Sometimes it's due to broken hearts. Sometimes they're begging. Sometimes they're seducing. But our worship of the Lord is aligned with truth, and it's pure, and it's holy. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Come, in our first session with this topic, we address Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. 
Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. Verse 6 of that psalm, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. This doesn't mean just to sing about kneeling, but actually to do it. Let's read this together. This is the way the old school churches did it. We do it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all. Amen. Amen. We give to the Lord our recognition. This is ascribing. This is uh, esteeming. This is like, oh yes, he is great. It's our respect. It's our honor. It's our joy in him. Our recognition of this psalm, verse 7 in the ESV, translated as, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the earth, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. So who, who ascribes to the Lord? Families of the peoples, right? And what do we ascribe? We ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. We ascribe to the Lord his strength. Give to the Lord, O you mighty. We read this earlier. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the honor due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So we are to give to the Lord our recognition. We're also to give to the Lord our offerings, our sacrifices, our gifts, our donations. It could be our tithe. It could be uh, more than money, our service. We're, we're giving sacrificially for the Lord and his purposes. He's not broke, but he chooses to use his people on behalf of what he has done for us out of appreciation. We help in what he's doing in the earth. Give it to the Lord, the glory to his name. Bring or lift an offering and come into his courts. Psalm 100 says we... Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We come before his presence with singing. Well, preacher, I was with you. I really like all this worship, but now here you are talking about giving. Well, worship is all about giving, right? But it's more than just our lips. There's a rebuke in the scriptures about people who draw near to him with their lips, but their heart is far from him. Where's your heart today? Another verse talks about a person having a great voice to give him praise, but their heart's not in it. When we make a joyful noise, is it backed up with our life, right? And so our possessions are expressions of our life. Where our treasure is is where our heart is. So where our heart is, complete this this avenue of praise in your life by adding content to it, 
by giving to the Lord. In offerings, tithes, alms, out of your treasures, express your love to the Lord again. If you've been doing that, but it's just been kind of automatic, just a discipline, some people would say, oh, you need to give more. No, I would say you need to focus your heart on why you're doing it and change how you're doing it so that it's connected to your heart of love for the Lord. Because I don't think it's God's will that any of us are an uncheerful giver. We're not automatons, are we? We're not robots. But out of our love for the Lord, we give to Him. So where are we called to give our worship? All the earth, everywhere, right? When are we called to give our worship? Day to day. All the time. And who are we called to give our worship to? The Creator. Almighty God. The one who first loved us. Why? I don't know. He is love. And He chose to first love us. It's all about His choosing. Well, I chose the Lord and I got saved. Listen. We wouldn't have enough sense to choose an umbrella to get in out of the rain if God didn't grace us with some wisdom, right? So whatever choice I've made is due to a response to what God has done in my heart and my life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So I give to have eternal life? No, you just believe. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians says it like this, by grace have you been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So the fact I can believe in the Son of God is evidence of God's mercy. He has given me the gift of saving faith. Check it out, Ephesians 2. By grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. That saving faith is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. So God, open our eyes. God so loved you and I that he gave his son so that if you will believe in him, you'll not perish but have everlasting life. If you find yourself beginning to believe that proclamation, that there may be something to it, I dare say God is raising up saving faith in your heart Receive it and believe that which is impossible to believe without his help. And then when you worship, it's not just religion. It's not just a Sunday morning thing, but there's content behind it. Lord, we appreciate you. As the praise team comes forward, we're going to focus on the heart of worship, why we worship in this closing song. Let's pray. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that our worship would be expressions of love from our hearts. That if we have forgotten or allowed to slip from our minds the truth of your grace and mercy, of your first love, I pray, Lord, we would recover that, that you would lead us down a path of revelation through your word by the power of your spirit. And Lord, I pray that if, if we have been giving just out of duty or discipline, I pray, Lord, you return to us the joy of cheerful giving that we are able to 
that we can, not that we have. And I pray, Lord, for those of us that are into singing and stuff, but not much into giving in offerings. I pray, Lord, that we would step it up and put our heart where our mouth is, that we would be obedient in this area because you're worthy not to be saved, but because we are saved, we are citizens of your kingdom and you are governing in our lives. And Lord, we want your kingdom to come on earth as as it is in heaven and we want you to use us mightily for your glory. In Jesus' name, Lord, restore the heart of worship to every person in this room today. And beyond we pray.
life to the words we've heard today. Not just in our gatherings, but in our doing day to day. Lord, may we proclaim your salvation through all that we say and do and are and shall be. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the appropriateness of returning our love and affection to you in response. Thank you. Thank you. You know, when we pray before we eat, we call it blessing the meal. The old timers said, who wants to return thanks? They called it returning thanks. We've received the food. Now we're not going to return food, but we're going to return thanks. The food becomes our thanks. So let's return our love and adoration to him by giving worship from our hearts cheerfully. We are blessed. Amen. I always like to close service with the ironic blessing from number six. And I hope that you know as New Testament, New Covenant believers, the work is finished already. This has already been done. Already been done. So when I say, may the Lord bless you and keep you, you're already blessed and you're being kept already, all right? May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, his face is shining upon you. And be gracious to you, his, his grace is active. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. His countenance is lifted. He's smiling at you. And give you his peace. It's given already. But I love to say it to help draw our hearts, our hearts and center on what he's already done. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Peace, the shalom peace, the wholeness that comes from being made whole through the salvation. Greek is the word sozo. Hebrew is the word Yeshua. Through Yeshua, Jesus, you're made whole. It's peace that's not based on compromise. That's the best the world can do. Between opposing enemies, we form some kind of compromise. This is peace formed by conquest. Compromise peace is always being fought over. Conquest, the battle's over, right? Right? So in the natural world, our nation has problems with China and Russia, right? We have no problems with Japan. Why? That's peace by conquest and not compromise. May your spiritual peace be one based on conquest and not compromise. We worship him in the beauty of holiness. Sometimes God likes for us to do what I call a prophetic act. You don't have to do it. But what I saw was us just taking one more minute before you leave and just saying, God, is there an area in my life where you're wanting me to ascribe to you and honor your name 
haven't. I just haven't. And if you'll just take a moment and say, God, is that area there? I want you to just come forward as a step. No one's going to ask you what it is. Just as a prophetic step, come to the altar and say, I'm ascribing this to your name. I'm giving honor to you today because you're just so worthy. You can either kneel before the Lord or you can just stand and just say, I just ascribe this to you. Whatever it is, it's between you and him. Let's take a moment before you leave take that prophetic act and come up here. You can do it in your seat, but the act is, I'm taking a step forward. Jesus, I'm coming back to the 